back in, um, well, let me just say this. As, as Moses got ready to tell the people of Israel something, he gathered the people together. Number one, I'm not Moses, okay, so don't, there's no correlation. But it's good that we have an opportunity to, to gather the body of believers together and that we assemble here today because we want you to hear the story of what God's doing. So that as, as Joe goes out, she knows, and as Wes goes out, he knows, and as Cliff goes out, he knows, and as Dave goes out, he knows. And so as we sit down, we felt it would be really good as us, for us as a body of believers to gather so that everybody could hear the story. Back in 1996, as, as Meredith and I were looking at a transition, um, we were at a place that we loved, a group of people that we loved. And yet, we stood at, stood at the crossroads of having to make some decisions of whether or not we would go to Leesburg. And I really struggled. I really struggled whether or not we would move from where we were because we had been there for nine years or so. And, but I remember in the middle of the night um, having to get up and, and go into the bathroom area and sit down in the tub where there was a light. And the verse that the Lord gave me in the middle of the night was this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And this is what Paul said. No eye has seen, or ear hath heard. Our mind has imagined the great things that God has in store for those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. It was that same verse that we'd hold on to when we felt that God was calling us out to plant a church to be part of a team that would, that would plant a church called Heritage because I tell you what, it sure didn't make any sense at that time. Nothing that we did seemed logical, and even today it doesn't seem logical what God has done. Um, but as I look back, what God's been doing is He has been teaching us along this journey what it's like to live by faith not just to do church, but what it's like to learn to be the church. Are you with me? Um, you know, as I look back on, on this, this whole process of what, I, and I, I can only speak for myself, but along the journey there have been so many different uh, issues of fears that I think that I have had to face. Uh, whether or not would I, would I seek to be obedient in what God was doing and to follow him or would I be afraid of what other people might say? Would I, would I seek to obey him uh, or would I cave in to what was logical? And so when I go back and I look, there were so many, so many fears that I was associated. And I went, as I went back I, and I looked, this is what I thought. So much of my fears are based on my pride because I kept thinking from day one, God, this is all about me and my talents and my abilities and, and, and all of my stuff. When God's saying, no, listen, I want you to understand to live by faith and by trust because it doesn't have a thing to do with you, but it's all about me. All about me. Heritage started the fall of 2007. We started with a Bible study in the band room. Um, if you were here at that first meeting, would you stand where you are? Wow. Would you guys give these people a round of applause? 
in the midst of that starting, what we were doing, I, there was just so, so much that was coming on me because God had called me out to a place to do something that I'd never done before. You ever been in a situation where you didn't know exactly what to do? You ever been in that and you had to say, okay, God, how's this thing going to work here? There's a whole lot more dependency. Well, I remember going on a trip and I took John West and Steve Whitaker. And I told them that what I wanted to do, I was taking them hunting, but really what I wanted to do is I wanted to be able to hear God's voice. You remember that, Mr. John? So I took my book. And Brian, I don't know why this thing's rattling up here, but it's rattling. I don't like the rattle. I feel like I'm speaking in a box. But I had gone to, uh, I had gone to, to hear God's voice, and I wanted to walk with the Lord. And I wanted to know because of everything that was going on, God, I wanted to make sure that I was obeying and following you. Um, and so while John and Steve sat in a deer stand, I was, I was pinning words. And I remember getting out of that deer stand that morning going, this is just flat out ridiculous. I got out of the deer stand and I, and I heard the Lord speak to me and say, walk to the end of that, um, that, that windrow. And I said, this is ridiculous. There's nothing at the end of that windrow except a swamp. I'm not going to waste my time. And I heard the Lord say, I want you to walk to the end of the, end of the windrow. And I said, all right, Lord, well, if that's what you want me to do, that's what I'll do. I'll walk to the end of that windrow. I got halfway down, and I go, this is ridiculous. Now, I'm talking to myself out in the middle of the woods. So if somebody would have seen me, they would have thought I'd lost my mind. This is an outward conversation that I was having with the Lord. I heard the Lord say, I want you to walk to the end of the windrow. When I got down to the end of the windrow, um, there was a path that went off to the right that I couldn't see from where I was back up when I started. And I heard the Lord say, you're not going to be able to know which way to go until you get to the place in the journey that I want you to go. And you're going to have to walk from here to there by faith. But when you get to that place in the journey, you'll know what I'm doing because it'll become very evident because you'll be able to see it. Are you with me? And I heard the Lord say, walk with me. Lord, I don't want to go down that path into the swamp. There's nothing down in there except a bunch of water. I've walked, this, I've walked this property all my life. I grew up there. And I heard the Lord say, walk with me. I took a few steps into the, into the, uh, to the path, and Phil, right there in the middle of the path, was a, was a fresh deer rub. Now, that's real exciting for a deer hunter. I took a couple, of, a couple of feet further, and there was some fresh deer scat on the ground. And this is what I heard the Lord say, I want you to know I'm walking with you. I'm walking with you. A few steps further from that, I've walked this, this property all my life, and right on the side of the side of the ground, there was a, there was a deer, a shed, a shed deer horn from the, from the past year. I'd never seen one in all my years. And I heard the Lord say, I'm walking with you. If you seek me, you'll find me. So a little bit later, as I, as I walked down the path that I came to a, a crossroads, and at that path, I had to make a decision. I, learned, I heard the Lord say to me, Along the journey of what you're on, there's going to be many paths, and you're going to have to make many decisions. And understand that I'll walk with you. My word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. I chose the left. I went a few, a few feet into, the, into that path, and there was a fence, an old, rugged, an old rusted fence there. And I heard the Lord say to me, it's going to be okay because you're going to make some mistakes. But along that journey, it's okay to turn around and say, I made a mistake. I was wrong. But I'm going to teach you in the midst of that if you listen to me. I turned around and I went back. I got back on the path and I kept saying to myself, Lord, you're trying to teach me something in the midst of this. 
It wasn't very long before I got out on the, the, main, the main road where I was at. And I, I, and I said, Lord, I just know you're not done. And I looked down on the ground, and there was a, deer, a fresh deer track with a coyote track behind it. And I heard the Lord say, be very careful because Satan loves to nip at your heels. And he wants to destroy, so be very careful because he's there. He's like a roaring lion, and he wants to destroy you. And I started, I started hearing God's voice, and I got real excited, and I went and got Steve out of the deer stand, and I said, Steve, I want you to come with me for a second because I want to show you something. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said this. He said, you can't take anybody on the journey until you first have walked it. And I took Steve, and I walked him around that path that I had walked. As I, uh, as I was walking, and I was explaining, it was just a, such a real experience. And I kept asking myself, God, why? Why have, you, why have you you've taken us on this path? Why in the world have you desired for us to step out and trust you and, and, and walk by faith when it just doesn't seem logical? Why in the world would you want us to plant a church by the name of Heritage? Why? I got in John's truck. Lord, have mercy. Of all the things in the world for John to have playing, I, turn on the, I didn't even turn on the radio. I think it was blaring. I cranked up the truck to go pick him up and out blurts the song, People Need the Lord. So I'm crying, and I'm saying, God, you're really speaking to me today, aren't you? I went to pick John up, and this whole time I'm thinking, God, how in the world are you going to... I mean, I, okay, I hear what you're saying, but how in the world are you going to finance this stuff? I mean, how in the world are you going to pay the bills? I mean, you've got to have finances to pay the bills. I pick John up in the middle of the woods, in the middle of the woods, with the truck. I get out of the truck. On the ground, I look. There's a dime. <laughs> and I heard the Lord speak to me and say, Don't I own the cattle on a thousand hills? Don't you think that I can take care of you? There's more to the story, but I've never forgotten that. Because there are times when I feel tense and there's times that I feel anxious and the times that I feel overwhelmed, I have to go back to that story because that's the story of when I had an opportunity to walk with God and hear his voice. And over the past five years, there have been some tense moments, some great tense moments. As we walk into a building to find out that we're full, what are we going to do? How's this thing going to work out? I mean, should we just go out and buy some property? I mean, that's logically what you're supposed to do. That's what church people do these days, right? Because that's the process. We go out and we buy, we buy some building or we buy some property. We do the, that's just the process because you've got to have a plan, guys. But the whole time I kept hearing God say, wait, wait. But then there was that part of me saying, go, go. About four months ago, the overseers, we sat down and, and we met and in that meeting, we sat down and we said, God, guys, it's, it's really, we're at a place we've got to, okay, God, what are you doing? You've got to hurry this thing up. Four months ago, uh, we sat down and Brian threw up on a wall for us. He took, he said, man, let me show you something. And he took the city and on the city is addresses and stuff of where our people reside for those of you that, it, for those of you that have signed up on the city. And we took it and we threw it up on the, on the wall where do you think the center of Heritage Community Church sits? Fruitland Park. 
that's good. We know that. Okay, now we know we're the center. Of fruit. We know that the heritage, the center of heritage is Fruitland Park. Okay, God, that's, we got that out. Okay, Tom, listen, you go do this. You go check on this. Jack, will you go check on this? We're going to be praying for you guys, and you bring back a report of what's going on. In the meantime, as we prayed, it wasn't long after that that we started to sense God working. Didn't really know what it was. We just knew that God was working. There's always a tension, guys, when God's at work. And it's almost like God's saying, I just want to know whether or not you're going to trust me or if you're going to step out and do something that you want to do. So Tom brings back a report. Jack brings back a report on some things. Uh, a month later, I get a phone call. And that phone call says, listen, I really don't know, but there's some possibilities. And I said, man, listen, there ain't no sense in me saying anything, doing anything until you bring something back. December the 3rd on that Monday night, something was brought back to us. That something was that the finance group of a local congregation had met and their recommendation was that they felt like that they should begin a process of pursuing Heritage Community Church to, re to receive their resources as a church. I called our overseers that night. I asked them, I said, guys, okay, I want you to get on the phone. We got to talk about this thing a little bit. So we got on the phone and did a conference call and we discussed and we prayed together. There was a meeting on Wednesday night that took place and in that meeting on that Wednesday night, um, they were discussing it with their leadership. Their leadership came back and said 100%, this is what we believe God is doing. They asked if our leadership would meet with them on Thursday night to discuss just basically what they sense God doing. And on that Thursday night, there were a lot of tears that were shed as we talked about what God was doing in their lives as well as our lives. They took it through their church last Sunday night and on last Sunday night where churches aren't known to make decisions in unanimous. They made a 100% unanimous decision that they felt that what God was doing was to gift Heritage Community Church with their facilities. Um, I want you to watch this little video clip that Brian's done. Then I'm going to come back and try to answer some questions that I think are really important for us. I want to read a passage of scripture to you, but I want, I'd like for the overseers and, and, uh, Sheila, if, if you and Sharon would come, I want you guys to be over here and let's, let's use this mic because just for a second, what I want to do, um, there are lots of stories that you guys don't ever hear. If you have made a decision for Christ, if your life has in some way been impacted since you've attended Heritage Community Church, your marriage has been saved, financially you've been blessed, if um, you've made a decision to recommit your life, if your marriage, um, if, if, if there are other relationships, if you've repented and you've walked back to the Lord, whatever it is, if you've made some significant spiritual decision in your life since you've been attending Heritage, I want you to stand, please.
we've talked an awful lot about not doing more church, but learning to be the church that God's called us to be. Not just to read God's word, but to learn to practice and live out that, to be a light in the community. Um, I, I'd like for, for um, and we're going to use this mic over here, just in the past, what are some significant things that you think God has done? The faith things that have just happened, that God has shown his grace, something that you may want to share. Um, I'm going to give you guys a chance to share, and I'm going to be quiet for a few minutes. I guess I'm going first. I would say some of the things that I remember, you know, God just showing his faithfulness to us. Uh, I love hearing the stories of the people in the church, but for me and my family also, you know, just resigning from a, a church in Tennessee to, to come here and to not know you know, the question marks. To resign, have no paycheck, and say I'm moving to Florida. You've lost your mind. I think, honestly, I did all that before he was really sure that we were going to do this. Because <laughs> he called and said, you know, I think, I think God's going to ask us to plant this church. And I said, I'm in. And I went and resigned and put my house up for sale. And I called him and said, you're, you're right. You're, you're, you're serious, right? <laughs> And, uh, but, you know, God took care of us, and it built our faith. We came, and there were a couple of people that said, you can live in a home that we have that we're not living in, that no one's renting. You can just live in it for free. And it so was we somebody, just went to both houses, and we picked the one we liked best. And it was somebody in the community that had heard what God was doing, and they wanted to be a part. They've never even stepped a foot in Heritage. Um, you know, and... Uh, for for us, it, it's been little things like that. Those stories that, where you didn't know, when we were sending out support letters, and we were wondering, well, you know, how will we pay for salaries and ministry and rent for a building like this and things like that, and and a check would come in from someone we had no idea that they would ever care that we were doing this, but they wanted to be a part, and. Uh, so for me, uh, the, the stories of faith that have built our faith as a family, I think, are really significant. I think Brian done a wonderful job with the uh, pictures that he showed of the church. But um, I went through the church the other night for the first time and was able to see all the Sunday school rooms that we're going to need all the office space that the pastor's gonna need. Even a little room for Tom and Sandy to do some counseling. And it, there's a lot more that shows on that picture of this church, and it's a beautiful place. And they've taken care of it, they've loved it. And um, 40 some years with God, and uh, I've never seen somebody offer to give you a church debt free in this condition, in this shape, or any shape. And um, I just get overwhelmed when I, when I look at it and I, 
realize what the worth of this building is. What a wonderful thing that the members are doing. And um, I'm just so proud to be a part of it. I, I've never seen anything like this. And I'm just overwhelmed. And I am too, Tom. And one time in my life when God called us to ministry, we left without uh, knowing what our income was going to be. And while I was going to school, and my wife was at home with Meredith and with Allison, little girls, uh, I went to school full time and God took care of us all year long. Income would just come from unknown sources, checks arrive in the mail, unbelievable stories of things like that. That was a turning point in our lives because we realized that we could depend on God and that he would provide for us. For at least a couple of years, Sid has been asking us as a leadership team, what's next? What's next? Anybody have any thoughts? Is God leading you individually on what's next? And we all came to the point where we were beginning to see our days might be numbered here because of the lack of future space. Changes here, the fact that this property has been looked at by others to rent or purchase, caused us to start thinking about, we have to decide what's next. We can't just think, well, someday we'll talk about this. And when, when I got the call from Sid, that Pastor Chad, and Fruitland Park Baptist Church wanted to turn over their facilities to us. That's bigger than anything I've ever heard of. I've never known a church to have that opportunity. And I've never known a church to be willing to transfer that. Only God could do that. No one thinks like that. No financial person would advise that. No one would say that. Only God can do it. And if God didn't do it, who could have? No one else could have. It's just an overwhelming thing. We have one of the greatest opportunities now, more than we ever have. Our ministry just took a giant leap forward because we're following God still from the days of following a path up in North Florida to following this path. What's next? I try to think of uh, scripture when big things like this happen. And so many have come to my mind that um, I'm really not sure where to start, but one that keeps coming back to my heart is um, early in I think one of the first Christmases that we met as a leadership team, um, Meredith brought acorns as a symbol of the little thing that starts and grows to the heritage oak. I think of uh, the passage in 
Matthew that says uh, a little grain of mustard seed. And any of the cooks out here, I'm sure you know what a, how small a little grain of mustard seed is. But when it goes in the ground and grows, it's the largest plant in the garden. It's the, it's the huge tree in which the birds live and get their, their life from. The little seed of faith that Sydney had to say, I'm going to leave a paying job with my family and plant that little seed of faith. And we're going to call it heritage. That scripture sure fits. That look out and all the people that stood and said, I'm getting my life from that tree. Pretty awesome. <clears throat> Another scripture that comes to my mind is, and I'm going to read, read this scripture because I think it's, I don't want to mess it up. It's from John chapter 17. <clears throat> Excuse me. John chapter 17, as many of you know, is the the last time that Jesus spends with his disciples just before he is taken to the cross. And he's, he's talking to his disciples and he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us, guys. <clears throat> that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them, and you and me, so that they may, brought, may be brought to complete unity. And this is, I think, the best part. Then the world will know that you sent me. And I have loved them, even as you have loved me. <clears throat> Unity. Unity of the families of God, the people of God. What's it do? It points people to Christ. This is what this is all about. Hey, um, Brooke and Meredith, will you come up here too? You know, I just can't. Um, we started with a leadership team, and... We started with people who were committed and part of the team. But, you know, all of you parents that are sitting out there with children on your laps today and all those precious voices that we're hearing, these two women are not only our pastor's wives who stepped out on faith, but they're also the women who developed this ministry to our children because they said in the beginning when we formed Heritage, we felt like that we were called to minister to people who were 35 plus or minus with or without children. We did not want a babysitting service so that we could get adults in here. We wanted to be able to minister to the children. And this was their heart and this was their passion. They weren't paid to do it. They did it on their own. They did it on their own times. And they did it with a mission, and that was to grow children up in the way of the Lord and for us to be able to help parents to be able to grow their children up in the way of the Lord. So, you know, I just really don't think that 
without you saying something that's right. Okay. Um, there's so much to say. Um, I, I was going to tell this little story on Sid the other day. So I looked at Sydney and I said, so on a scale of 1 to 10, how's your faith after this? And because he shared a lot about um, fears of, of planting heritage and stuff. And, and I just feel like what's really important here, and that's why we all want to be here today, the story that my dad shared about that year at Word of Life, where they had no income and we'd show up at home and there was a bag of groceries on the doorstep and mom going to the store with a dime and needing a package of yeast and they only sold them for 12 cents and she didn't have enough and asked the man if they could rip them apart because there were three in a pack and he said no and then looked up on this top shelf and there was one obscure package of yeast up there that was like eight cents and she was able to do that and they shared those stories with me and so that built my faith I have to say that faith has been an easy thing for me. And I think, Brian, for you too, that's one of our things. And it is. And we're just like, what's the problem? And, uh, but I, I do believe it's because mom and dad shared those faith stories with us. And we've tried to share with our kids every step along the way when God met a need to point to God and say, look what God did. And so that's what today's about. It's about there's nothing that we've done. It's only God could do this. And look, he did it again. He's always going to take care of our needs, and he has met it once again. So I just wanted to share from my heart as far as a parent. Plant those seeds. Share those stories. Write it upon their foreheads. Write it on their heart. Talk about God as you're walking along and as you're going about your day. Point those things to God because that's what this is all about. God, God could only do something like this. I think the most wonderful um, explanation of what God's done is seeing all of the children out there, all the precious kiddos that desire to come and hear um, what the wonderful volunteers and teachers tell them each week, seeing all of their faces. And, of course, um, I have been, my faith has been tested. And um, through this, just wondering... You know, when Brian put our house up on the market, being like, okay, well, I've got a, um, you know, little tiny child. And I was actually pregnant or close to being pregnant again at the time, didn't know. And I was thinking, okay, wonder, I wonder what, how, what's going to happen here. And obviously, he provided, not only did he provide, but still allowed me to stay home with my children, which for me was very important. And so God has showed his faithfulness. And anytime anybody questions the existence of God, um, I have a lot to tell them as to how I know c- completely that he's real. Um, so they, if, if somebody out there is questioning the existence of God, I'd love to sit down with you because there's story after story of how he's shown his faithfulness mm-hmm. and only, it could only be him. And um, so, yep, the children and just all you guys and my friends out there that um, I've, I've enjoyed being with you know, and, and learning from has been wonderful. So. And things move on and change on. So I'll let Sharon talk next, and I'll finish up. Because it moved. There was a transition. And it moved with the children and family ministry from Brooke and Brian, who, uh, Brooke and Meredith, who started it. 
to um, this is Brooke's mother for you that don't know. This is Sharon, and she's over our children's ministry now and next generation ministry. And I'll let her talk next because she was the next progression. Yeah, I, I got to join the ride about um, a little over a year and a half ago. Before I start, I want to say, kiddos, y'all are doing an awesome job. <laughs> an awesome job. We are so impressed. Thank you, guys. Because it's so important for you guys to be here to hear this. Um, we, um, I was going about my business being an elementary principal and was thinking I was going to do that for five more years. And all of a sudden, it, this is a pattern here of how God's working in heritage. <laughs> he also asked me to stop and go, not knowing anything. I didn't know where I was going to live. I didn't know how much money I was going to make. I didn't know anything except that God wanted me to go. And I, thankfully, and I think about this, what if I had said no? I could have said no. And by God's um, grace, I said yes. And, and came to a, a family, again, who had offered their home for me to live in rent-free so that I could um, establish myself. Now, I had been, as you can tell by what I did, I'm a native Texan, so I had deep roots in Texas. And he has, he has made um, this place, this home, my, my home, um, without any regrets, not looking back at all, and just knowing that he has um, given me the opportunity to join you guys and, to, and, and use the, the experience that he's built in me all these years um, and the love of kids that he gave me at a very, very early age to be able to just be a part of, of this amazing adventure that he has put us on to reach people. That's what he's pursuing people. He is actually going after that video just made me think, oh my goodness, he is, he's just keeps moving us to a place where he's, where people need to hear and kids need to hear. And I'm so excited about the opportunity to have so many new children they're going to be coming to us and so we're going to need some small group leaders we're going to need some small group leaders <laughs> couldn't help that but I I'm just so um, I, I think the reason I, I had been coming here for every three months to see grandbabies for a long time and the pattern that I see the why he's he knows God's seeing that he can trust us with more because we've been, and I'm going to say you because it was before I, I came, you have shown him that you're trustworthy with his resources, with what he's given you, and that you didn't ask for anything. You just were there to reach out to people and to show them the love of Jesus unconditionally, unconditionally, and, and just the, who, you, who he made you to be. That was so impressive to me as coming in, as I visited, just to see that you all were just there to love, and that he he knows that um, I think the thread is trust and faith, and I think that that is where um, he he knows that we're not going to take credit for this. We're not going to take credit for this building. We're going to continually point everything to him and bring him all, all the glory for this. 
so he gave us exceedingly more than we ever could Im imagine. Praise God. So I can say, praise God. Tell them your adjective. Tell them your adjective. Oh, he, yeah. What I keep thinking is the word extravagant. I mean, this is about as extravagant as it gets. He has just showered us, lavished this upon his people to go and, and do his work in Fruitland Park. We're not leaving Wildwood. We're just bringing everything all up around. And I just, I don't know about y'all, but this is something that I'm never, ever, and I told God, if I ever, if I complain one time about think, a lot to do, just slap me upside the head. <laughs> because this, this is, there is so much opportunity, so much responsibility, and so much to do. And it, it's, it couldn't be more exciting. And I just want to say, yay, God, you know, I got Sydney called Mr. John and I and asked us at the very beginning if we would be in the meeting. And then I had the privilege of serving for the last four and a half years on the leadership team in CSGO. We now have overseers. And um, last year I went on staff as spiritual growth and uh, ministry mobilization. But I don't see a building there when I'm there. I see all of you because for the first time we walked into the band room, it was just a room. We didn't have a lot, but we had a love for the Lord and we had a mission. And when I see this new facility, I still don't see the building. I see the people from here that God is going to be able to use all of your giftedness and everything that you have to impact even more people. You know, the scripture says that to those that are given much, much is required. And God has given us a wonderful gift, but with a gift that comes responsibility. And that responsibility is to continue what has already been started at Heritage, and that's leaving a legacy of faith. Because the people that are giving us this facility are leaving their legacy of faith also. And we are not ending and beginning, but we are just continuing God's journey of where God is taking his people. And I just want to encourage you, but I also want to challenge us and us to be able to say, everybody say, yay, God. Come on. Yay. Say it again. Say, yay, God. Yay, God. One more time. Yay, God. Yay, God. And now say, what for me, God? See, follow those children. Come on, everybody say that. What for me, God? What is Because he wants each of us to ask that question. What's next for me? How do I fit into the ministry of heritage? What do you want me to do? Because we are his people that he has given much. Say given much. And he is going to ask much of us because there is a journey ahead and a mission and it is a short time that we have, just the span of our lives that we have to impact the kingdom. I'm so excited about what God's going to do through you. I'm so excited what God's going to do through you. Not through that building, but through you and the leadership of our church. One more, yay God. Thank you guys. I want to read a passage of scripture to you. It's found in Hebrews chapter 11. The kids are doing great. It's a 
passage of Scripture the Lord took me to this past week. It says it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. And he went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God had promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. That's what we've been doing the past four and a half years, right? Living in tents. I had somebody say to me this the other day. I've not heard the first person complain. If somebody complained about seats, I'd say, well, bring your own seat. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I sat there the other day, and I thought, this is pretty hard, though. But, uh, but anyway, he said, and, and so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise, that Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. In verse 16, but they were looking for a better place a heavenly homeward. We have never, ever put our sight on a building. Our goal has been to see people grow spiritually, share life together, and use their gifts and talents to serve. But listen at what it says. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. A city for them. I want, to ask, I want to try to answer some questions very, very quickly uh, to clarify a couple things that I think need to be done. Um, uh, first of all, my initial thought was this. Wow. My second thought was this. Oh, no. Um, my second thought, honestly, was fear because I thought this. What in the world are other people going to say because we've worked hard to gain a good reputation, to have a good name. And the first thing I thought about was what will other people say because, see, there are people that would say, oh, they've been negotiating this behind the scenes. All this stuff has been going on. Let me tell you what, I didn't have a clue until two months ago when somebody called me. And it had sort of been passed on the side until there was a phone call last Monday night. If this would have been 99%, this is a different story. This is 100% somebody coming to us and saying, this is what we believe God is doing. Some questions. Why in the world would First Baptist Fruitland Park do this? As a church, I really can't answer that. The only thing that I know is there has been some significant days in the church there. But I know that over the past years, there's been some struggles because of issues that have taken place. Where there's people, there's going to be what? Struggles. There are going to be issues that are going to be dealt with. Um, and difficulties. And all I know is that they came to the place as a, as a group of people collectively, unanimously to say, we believe that at this stage, this is where we are, and this is what God wants us to do. Why heritage? I really don't know. Except for the fact that God showed up and said, this is what we desire. God said, listen, I want you to to consider choosing them. They said, we have some resources, you have some resources. We believe that if we put those things together, there's unbelievable things that can take place. Is this a merger? No. Since we planted Heritage, we've had several churches that have come to us and said, listen, would you consider merging with us so that, so that we can be bigger and do more things? And all the way through the process, the answer to that question has been no. No, we, we're not going to do that. We'll encourage you where you are, but we're not going to do that. This is not a merger of, of, of us merging together. Uh, they will be dissolving as a congregation. Some may choose to join us. 
Some may say, hey, we, we choose a more traditional style of worship. That's a decision that they're making as a church. Um, here's another question. Just what is it that we as a church ha are being gifted? Approximately 11 acres, a home that now serves as a parsonage, a ministry area that's for clothing and food barn and other, some other storage areas, as well as the sanctuary and, uh, and other facilities, as well as everything that's included in those buildings. Have you ever heard anything like that? What's the total worth of the assets? We don't, we're unsure. But I know that we're working, trying to put together an inventory so we'll be able to come up with, with, uh, with that figure. What will we do with the extra resources that we may not be able to use, um, that we may not be able to use that are presently there? Uh, there'll be all kind, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that are, that's there. There's all kinds of children's things and just stuff. I mean, it's all, after 40, 50 years of ministry, there's all kinds of stuff. And so just as we've been blessed, we hope that we'll have an opportunity to bless another starting congregation with resources that now we may have to say, listen, we want to spur you on. We want to be able to use those resources. There may be some resources that we're able to sell that, uh, that may help us gain some resources, some financial resources to do some other things we want to do. Do they, do they owe anything? Um, First Baptist Fruitland Park has no debt. We walk into a building with no debt. Zero debt. Not $25 worth of debt. No debt. Does a building mean more programming? No. Does a, does a building mean that now we're committed to doing all this stuff? Listen, when we started, we said there were three things that were important to us. Helping people grow spiritually. Helping them share life together. And also using our talents and gifts to be able to serve other people. Those things stay the same. There might be some changes because now we have an opportunity to use some resources we've not had. But we will consider those things. Do not expect us to run out and start planning all this stuff to have everybody so they can come to the church building. That's a building. You're the church. That's a building. You're the church. Can I still wear shorts and flip-flops? <laughs> Man, I don't care what you wear as long as it's acceptable, okay? <laughs> as long as you cover up, we're in good shape, baby. That's all I got to say. What we care about a whole lot more is not how you show up, but how you leave. That's, that's, that's how people will know us. Now that God is opening the door to Fruitland Park, will we cease to do things that we've done in the past like Operation Blessed Wildwood, Lady Lake Easter Egg Hunt, and those types of things? We will continue. We will continue. We're just enlarging the opportunities. i got some really good stories to tell. Somebody pulled me aside. Where's, where's Debbie Hayes? Is she here today? She's probably wore out and sick. Debbie Hayes pulls me aside. This is what she says to me. She says, I just saw somebody. She said, they asked me a question. And they said, you can't leave us. You can't leave Wildwood because what will we do without you? Isn't that what we're shooting for? That God would use us in such a way that people would say, we can't, we can't, we, we have to have you and we have to have that influence because God is here. We will continue. What will happen with the food barn and the clothing and all that stuff? There's going to be a time of transition. We're going to work to enhance what's already been going on. Um, 
Abby said to me the other day, they've shared a meal on Wednesday nights where they feed the community, and they've done it for free. Abby said to me the other night, she sat me down, and she said, okay, Daddy, you know what our new schedule's going to be. I said, what? She said, you have to pick me up on Wednesday night. You've got to take me to the church so that I can feed those people that they don't have anything to eat. I said, wow. There's going to be a time of transition. We're going to figure all that stuff out. Um, are we going to pass an offering plate? Heather, no. We're going to do the same thing we've been doing. Listen, we are not wanting to guilt you into anything. I want you to be generous givers because you see what the overflow of what God is doing. We put an offering plate in the back because in the past, everybody's concerned about what everybody else has given. I don't even have a clue what you give. The only thing I know is what I give. That's important. I believe that God will continue to honor what we've been doing. It won't be any different. Um, I, I, I'm not, just go back and read Deuteronomy chapter 28. You go back and read it about blessings. God blesses His obedient children. I just want to be obedient. Are we going to renovate anything? Well, that's really a great question because buildings are a tool. But there are some things that we might want to adjust and we might want to change. It's all going to depend on finances. It will all depend on what we have access to. We started out to be wise stewards of God's resources, and that will not change. Judd Dickinson and I sat down and he met the other day. He's our resident sort of architect. It just so happens that Dad's, Jeff's, uh, Judd's dad is the one that designed the building. And we just, I sort of asked Judd the question, Judd, okay, looking at things, what are some things that we can do that cost us nothing that would help us out? But if I have what I see taking place, I think there will be a couple of changes. And the reason I think there will be a couple of changes is because I think there, there might be some things that we might need to do that would make our resources more multi-use, more multi-purpose that would help us out. Um, there might be some things that we do with, with rooms that we need to make some changes and adjustments, some painting. Uh, golly bum, I mean, some areas. We're talking about some, some areas, some more casual gathering spaces outside. We talked about redoing the stage because it would make it more applicable where, to where we are, more functional, to replace some stuff with sound, uh, do some stuff out in the parking lot. There's an area with a pond. There's a pond on this property. It's even got a name. I don't know what the name is, but there's a name to it. It's Heritage Pond. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Um, but let me just say this, guys. <laughs> the building isn't our focus. The people are. The building is not our focus. The people are. People don't come to Heritage because of the aesthetics. Look it around. It's not why they come to Heritage. But if we can make some adjustments, that may be a wise thing. Are there some monies needed right now to help with the transition? The answer to that is yes. Even though we've received the property and assets, there are some responsibilities, some financial responsibilities that go along with that gift. Um, even though the buildings have been gifted, there are some transitional obligations that we're responsible for. Expenses, lawyer fees, relocations, modifications, uh, things that we know, things that we don't know. And in light of what we've done, we've sat down and put a pencil, a quick pencil, and somewhere between $100,000 and $150,000 we think it would take us to be able to get things done. Uh, <laughs> with this in mind, uh, I... Uh, I just have to believe, I have to believe God's done something and God will continue to do something. I have to believe that.
Um, As we, as we prayed the other day, I have to believe before God ever initiated the transition of this property, God was already blessing some of you and prompting you knowing that this was coming about. Some of you will give over and above your offerings. This is what I do know. God doesn't lack resources. He only lacks willing people. He's got all the resources there needed. You know why this property has been made available to us? Because there's a church that said, here, we're going to sacrifice and bless you. That's how we've come up with this. What's the timeline? Put on your, put on your rockets. We met with the attorney. They're wanting to, to finalize the documents before the end of, uh, they're wanting to finalize documents before the end of December. Their last day of worship, they're talking about being December the 30th. There would be a month of transition, moving things, getting things ready, and then we would move in the 1st of February. What can I do to help? Here it is. First and foremost, pray. I want you driving around that facility. I want you praying over every little place. Some people that heard that night, and by the way, we intentionally leaked it out because I wanted God's news to get out first. Some people that night in the middle of the night got up and drove around the building, got out, walked, and prayed around the building. Pray. I was reminded as I was praying with, uh, where's, uh, I was praying with Virginia and then the other day up in the hospital at Shands. Here was Virginia. She was getting ready to receive a transplant. Um, and as we're praying, we're so excited about what God is doing, the fact that he's provided. But all of a sudden, in the midst of the prayer, there was a solemnness that came over us. And you remember this, because all of a sudden we realized for us to be able to experience, for her to be able to experience that new liver and that new kidney, somebody had to sacrifice. And so we need to not only be praying for that facility, we need to be praying for those who have given and sacrificed. We need to be in prayer about that. This is another thing we need to, how you can help. Bridge the gap, tell the story. You want something to talk about at the, at the, uh, at the, at the beauty salon? You got it. <laughs> you have my permission to go and brag all you want to about what God has done. Nothing else, what God has done. Bridge the gap, tell the story. <laughs> Phil, you know when you're out there spraying houses, man, say, listen, can I tell you something? You ain't going to believe this. When you're sitting down over here, you're at the, you're at the, can I tell you something? You're not going to believe this. Because the devils in hell stand up and take notice when God does something. Because this is something that God did, and it was not necessarily initiated by man at all. This was just man saying, listen, I'm willing to be available. God, you use it. You bridge the gap. Tell the story. The third thing, give. We're going to need some people willing to share their time. Some of you have got some time. We've got inventories that need to be done. We've got to move from school uh, to there. We've got to clean out offices. We've got to fix meals for those that are volunteering. Um, everybody, if everybody does something, it makes the load a whole lot lighter. This isn't about an arm doing what he wants to do. This isn't about a leg doing what he wants to do. This is about the body of Christ working together in unison. And if there's division to take place, it'll happen here because when you put people together and all of a sudden they begin to rub, there's an opportunity. I don't want to hear that. That's foolishness. That's not of God. And if you want to quench the Spirit, all of a sudden you get off here and you do your own thing. That's not how we'll do things. But we need you. 
If you're a part of the body, you've got a part to play. If you're not signed up on the city, you need to be signed up on the city. And the reason is, that will be our main source of communication. We will, look, uh, we will go to the city to list those things that we need and to give you ways that you can help out. So if you're not a part of the city, make sure you're a part of the city. Talents, some of you may be good at painting, some of you may be good at organizing, some of you may have a business and you're able to provide a certain service. You um, may be able to save us tremendous amounts of money or pennies on the dollar. You might be able to provide it for free. The only thing we're asking you to do is to let us know what you can do. That's the only thing we're asking you. We have a point person right now in this process. Sheila, stand up. Will you, will you just stand up? She's helping us get everything in line. We do have a plan. Um, she's orchestrating that plan. She's helping us mobilize and, and do the best that we can to be effective. You can email her, see her, call her, let one of the overseers know that you stand up here, but we just need to know what talents that you have. Treasures. I believe that God's provided every resource that we need for this transition and beyond. One of the ways that we demonstrate our faithfulness is through generous giving. Sometimes the tendency is to say, okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give over here. I want to remind you that in this transition, we have daily budgetary needs that we, that we stick to. Do not take and put designated on something that, that you've been giving that helps us do the daily ins and out of what takes place at Heritage. If you feel that God's calling you to give far and above, this is what I'm asking you to do. Just write on there, transition. Write on there on that check, transition, so that we'll know that. Um, God loves that cheerful person that loves to give. Um, and there's just so much things here. I only got a couple more minutes. If you can give, the box is in the back. In the back. You can set up regular drafts accounts from your account. Um, that's what Meredith and I do. Or you can give online through PayPal on the website. As I, as I mentioned earlier, we think it's going to be a transition cost between $100,000 and $150,000. I believe God's already provided that. We're just sort of waiting. But if you want to be a part of that, just put on a check, transition. We want to be a part. Then we'll know what to do with that. Um, I believe that we're here together for such a time as this where some people can give more of their time, some people can give of their talents, some people have more financially to give. But God has prepared some of you to be able to take and move us beyond that process. God isn't just giving us a building. He's giving us a city. Questions for you, and we're done. Do you believe... Listen very carefully. Do you believe that God has provided for us this blessing? Second of all, do you believe that God is expanding our opportunities of ministry? Three, do you believe that God is preparing us for something special? Here it is, guys. We don't have membership. There are no benefits at Heritage. Okay? This is what I want to say to you. I just want to know who's in. I want to know who's on deck. I want to know who's playing in the ball game. I want to know who's not just interested or involved, but I want to know who's invested. 
I want to know who says that I believe that God is partnering, it's calling me as his child to partner with Heritage Community to live out a legacy of faith in Jesus Christ by creating environments where people are growing, sharing, and serving. Then I want to know who's saying, I want to give my time, I want to give my talents, I want to give the treasure that I have to carry out the mission of making disciples for Jesus Christ. I want to know who's here that's willing to say, I will pray, I will bridge the gap, I will tell the story, I will give my time, I will give my talents, and I will give my resources as we move forward. I'm not asking you to sign anything. I'm not asking you to respond because the person next to you is responding. I'm not asking you to respond because you feel pressured. I just want to know who's ready. Who's ready? Are you in? If that's you, I don't know why you guys are standing. I just want you to say, I'm in. This is what I'm expecting then. If you're in, if you're in, then I believe that the resources that we need for the transition will take place today or in this, ne in this next week. And it'll either come through this group or God's going to bring it from the outside. Listen. It ain't the devil's money. There may be resources that come from the outside. I'll take and use it. I believe God's going to give it to us. This is my last statement. I believe that we're witnessing something that is, that is monumental. And I don't even think we even understand the significance that are what is taking place. And when we move into that building, we're going to take some type of a stone or rock and we're going to place it there where people gather. And we're going to say, I want you to know that this is something that God did. And when we move by that rock, we're going to continue to tell the stories because this is the stuff, this is the stuff, guys, that legacies are made of. This is the stuff here, the stories that will be passed down from generation to generation to generation. And aren't you excited that God, for such a time as this, has allowed you to be part of this? Isn't that awesome? I finish while you're standing, while Brian comes with this passage of Scripture, and this is what it says in John 12, 24. This was Jesus. And He said this, I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and it dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. If we want to see a harvest of new lives, if we want to see a harvest of change, it's going to take a death to self. And it's going to take submission to Christ. That's all i got to say. We sing, then we depart, and we tell the story. Brian?